Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again. My name is Ben McFarland. I'm joined by Tom Sand. We are the Thinking Drinkers, and this is our podcast. And what's the podcast about? I hear you ask. Well, I'll tell you what it's about. It's about two drinks and a good reason to drink them. We use our book, basically, as the basis. (laughs) (laughs) We just just read our book. No, we don't. We don't. We expand on our book. What happened when we wrote our book, The Thinking Drinker's Almanac, was we gave it to the publisher, and it was written during the COVID lockdown spell. And we we wrote somewhere in the region of 100,000 words, and they wanted 50,000 words. They did. So they told us cut it in half dickheads uh, we don't want all this all these words they're very self-indulgent and what we're doing now is expanding on some of the entries in the book so we can be self-indulgent yes, because the spoken form is much more fluid and flexible than the written form yeah it's like an audio book but it's loads audio, more yes yes mm. and well they were going to do an audio book but then they ran out of money i think <laughs> yeah faith. yeah oh dear publishing not much, it? It? Not, Not much money in it. Not much money in it. We'll be honest, folks. Zero money so yeah. far. And we're doing all the selling. We're selling our, our book after our shows. Should yeah. you happen to be near one of the things? It's, it's a good book, though. It did win Sunday Times Tricks Book of the Year. Yeah. 2021. 20, 22. 22. 20, 22, yeah, because we haven't written 20. Yeah, yeah, 22. Yeah, I think so. What year are we in now? Doesn't matter. It won that. And, yeah, it's a good book. And if you come to the show, then afterwards you can buy a buy a copy. <laughs> yeah, you might, well, you might win. Or you it can buy show. one from our website. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. get on with it. I mean, normally we we flog stuff at the end of it podcast, but just do it now. Yeah. Anything else to sell? Loads, mate. Loads. Always <laughs> our bodies. Which uh, we were in North Allerton on, on tour this week. We did North Yorkshire, and then mm-hmm. we went further north. We thought North Yorkshire was about as north as we'd need to go on this tour. But we went to Annick, which is Northumberland, and uh, it, it, it's near Scotland. It's, it's a very, long, long way away. It's a very long way away from where uh, we live. Yeah, it was a seven-hour drive home, which was rather boring, really. Just it was. Boring. It was Just boring. Being, at motorways. Nothing but Greg's to keep us occupied. God bless Greg's. Um, but then, your, I mean, but your I dong mean, fell out, didn't it? My, my, my P mouse. Your balls, your balls. Oh, oh shebang. Left, full left, frontal. Oh, really? Full, was it, full was frontal it your, nudity, I think. Was it um, your Tom? Well, it's hard to know. No one, could, no one could verify what was actually on show. Uh, oh, because... So, an impromptu game of cockle ball <laughs> in front of. <laughs> To, 400 people they were too far was. away by which i mean they were in very close proximity but so there was a woman in, judge in what a, it was. she was a bit shocked wasn't she yeah it's a funny old crowd really because um there were a good good gang of people in there it was a massive audience thank you anik um but it was quite a mix there was some people of a certain age mm. who didn't seem to be to to be very fair and let's be fair when they walked in there was a sign wasn't there that said this is an over 18 show there yes. is partial nudity and swearing in the show there is yeah. i'm sorry to yeah. report that folks we do use a bit of potty mouth in there but um but there was no actual full frontal nudity warning so i think there were some people but, there who were a bit shocked that um they saw everything yeah but why was did they, I, I can I just <laughs> It's well, just, I just, I just felt like it. I no, just... well, no, it wasn't. You weren't doing an alleged like Kyle Walker. You we were allegedly. Your, you yeah. didn't get your junk out 
on purpose. <laughs> no, it just no. flipped out of your. It was um, a costume malfunction. It was. A I think is how it's described in the in the in the trade. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Because of the pants and the thongs that we wear on stage, they, they've been used a lot. Uh, on the stage, <laughs> and we haven't replaced them, and they've—I think—they've lost a little bit of their elasticity. Yeah, perished, perished. Because we watch them, we watch them. You know, Sometimes. it's wear and tear. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I did the. The irony is that without giving too many spoilers away, we do have eight more shows, and we have the Alps to do as well. Um. So not too many spoilers, but the end of the show lends itself to a sort of strip tease moment, but we don't strip really. Um, well, you did, but then I did, yeah, mm. by accident. So, big the apologies. Full Monty, it? it was, wasn't it? Little apologies. Um, Ben's done. Ben's done it as well. So that's one all. You yeah. did it in Leeds, and Leeds. that woman, woman in the front row went, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, from memory, she wasn't. You know, she was on thin ice, sweetheart. Listen, <laughs> sweetheart, you'd be lucky. Treacle. I think I can't do better. Yeah, I could do better than that. I can't remember. And no, it's bad. It's 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 it's, it's something that happens. Hmm. And um, I mean, it's just it's just skin and stuff, isn't it? Nothing to be offended. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little, just a little bit of distended fun. All the family. Um, anyway, so that was that. We had a good time there. Annick was nice. Northallerton was a good laugh. Yeah. Um, and we've got eight more to go. And mm. we've got Oldham. Yeah, that's on the next Saturday. one. Sold extraordinarily well. Yeah. Sold as well as the hometown gig and London town yeah, gig. Which sadly, is Oldham is closing. Yeah. The Oldham Coliseum is closing. Very sad. So, um, as if they haven't had enough bad news, we're bowling up. <laughs> of our show of our show we'll save you no no right. it's it's already the, the the lack of arts funding has yes buried them arseholes so i uh, went and saw um, i went away. to some proper culture on sunday I went to a harrison burt whistle concert at the uh south bend center mm. it was uh experimental abstract modernist classical music right good You're- yeah, I know. I know a bit about that, that scene. Yeah. Listen, Google a bit of Harrison Burt whistle, sit back and then listen to what sounds very much like a fire in a pet shop. Mm. Did you have a drink? Did you have a drink there? Did I you, did. did you, I yeah. drank wine. Wine? It's nice. Okay. What wine? Red or white or the one in between? No, I don't, don't get technical. I can't remember. <laughs> it was white. It was definitely white. And the the uh, I think on the bottle it said... It's from a vineyard that gets a lot of sun, so it's hot during the day. Gotcha. And then, and then at night, uh, is it is it's it cold. is it is it's it a cold. bit colder? Yeah, it's um, colder. And then uh, and then the winemaker, fourth generation winemaker, has been you know he he squeezes the grapes, gets the grape juice uh, out, and then ferments it underneath a full moon. With right, some cow horns in in. Is it chalky soil? It's chalky soil, yeah. Is it? Wow. That's quite rare. I know. And then what they do is they um, look at a blend of different grapes and put it all together. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. uh, 
Uh, it's a very skilled art making it. Should write um, a book about it. I'd, yeah, I'd imagine, well, we, I'd imagine if you if you had enough of the different wines, that would be an incredibly varied yeah. piece of writing. Yeah, um, I mean, what, I mean, maybe you could write something like top five wines for Mother's Day, mm, or top three, top, top, top three, top five wines under a tenner, mm. that kind of thing. Top yeah, three wines really, to go with lamb. Oh yeah, um, I think they'd all be red. <laughs> they'd be red. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, lamb. Oh, you can have a white bit of a gamble, though. Oh, <laughs> who are you kidding? No, that's yeah. goats. That's goats. That's goats. <laughs> Still, red goes with goats as well. It does. <laughs> it's the go-to for goats. Yeah, it's the the yeah. greatest yeah. greatest of all time. I don't know. Yeah. Let's move don't on. A, come on, don't be silly, Billy. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, a bit of culture. So, so yeah, so that was good. And okay, so what else have we doing? We've been... Uh, uh... Well, last night we were in uh, a really cool little boozer in Clerkenwell called the Sutton Arms. Yeah. And um, we were drinking some... Uh, beer. We had some beak, which and then we're beak, mate. Oh yeah, a bit of beak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah. but we were drinking it. We were drinking their pills, and um, what a lovely little brewery beak is. It's uh, yeah. it's quite a cool little spot down in Lewis, um, which I have a hankering to visit now, Ben. Now we've tasted their fine ales, uh, lager beer, and um, apparently. They have a mixed fermentation project centered oh, wow. around a 5,000 litre oak fulgur, uh, which is uh, used to create beers that showcase ingredients from the surrounding South Downs National Park, including native hops, wild yeast strains, and grain grown just down the road. So it sounds like they're doing really nice stuff. And interesting beers, and they've got a. And I was looking into this a bit more. They've got a a, a, a beer festival, sixteenth, seventeenth of June, uh, through Let's these it, guy. these hills beer festival, um, and it's and it's got loads of people are going to this. It's in the party field, in uh, on Cock Shut Road. Stop was, it! I thought it was quite appropriate given I would cock opened really, didn't yes. I? Very good. Um, and yeah, so they've got DJs, live music, street food, but there are loads of brewers going down there. Burning Sky going to be there, Pressure yeah, Drop, Northern Monk. Yeah. Oh, nice. well, yeah. Lovely stuff. So, um, and also appropriate because uh, as we get on to the meat and veg of this podcast, um, uh, the, the 16th of March, which is the week in which we're talking about here, uh, was the launch of Camera. The, Campaign, yes, for real ale. Um, it's not something I'm really going to talk about at length. I don't know if you'd plan to, but uh, no, I hadn't. No, but it's still quite, quite an important movement camera, wasn't it? And I kind of paved the way for. Uh, oh, it was, it was very important. Craft brewing scene. Not all the not all the beers that are in the new craft brewing wave are fitting into cameras initial ideals but i think the organization's changed a bit and moved away from just car scale now hasn't it to recognize that decent yeah, british brewing yeah but cars is still the thing i mean of course but they still have are they i mean because we wrote a book about american beer for them which... yeah well it was originally called the campaign for the revitalization of ale mm. and it was later renamed campaign for real ale because people because there was 
that's that's that that handful stuff is what they're what they're championing. But yeah, they they do they do champion wider beers, you know, especially at their festivals. But they they get you know, they get quite a lot of stick because it seems a bit fuddy daddy. But if it wasn't for them, they'd be um, well, we wouldn't have such nice cars. And it's, it's going for a very tough time, car scale at the moment. If yeah. you go to the pub, get a pint of cask. It's honestly, everyone else in the world thinks it's every other beer nation in the world is very jealous of what we've got, but we don't really treat it with the respect it deserves. And mm. it's properly, it's hand pulled beer, it undergoes secondary ferment, fermentation in the barrel. It's, it's so it's unfiltered, it's unpasteurized, it's fresh. Um, I mean, if it was to, if you were to launch this now, it'd be the most cool hipster thing you could, yeah possibly yeah. think of um but because it's got you know a bit hamstrung by its history not but no i know people don't um drink it and, and also the best place to drink it is in a pub yeah um, it's not the exactly. sort of thing you can just open a can of at home while you're watching netflix you've actually got to go out and go to a decent boozer like the sutton arms where people look after the beer so oh, a when it's doubly good properly, reason it's the best it's oh. the best point you can have when it's properly brewed lovingly looked after Boulez-vous. I mean, it is beautiful stuff. Say magnifique. Say very uh, magnifique. Mm. And um, and they can be a bit dogmatic as an organisation. That's but, what I mean. They sort of seem to have changed a little bit over recent yeah, years. Yeah, 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 yeah. They? They, they are a bit more open-minded about, you know, the, the wider objective to just get people drinking decent beer. Yeah. Um, and... And, and hopefully, it's just, it's, it's, cask yeah. is part of that. It's just, mm. but it's not going to survive unless we drink it. So come on, yeah. it's not that difficult. Just get on with it, guys. Drink beer. Yeah, I can't remember it's when. For when, when was it? When was the? Uh... I can't remember the. I can't remember what the date. What that the they year? Launched? I know. I know it was the sixteenth uh, March. But I don't know what year it was. Tom, was it nineteen seventy-two? Exactly, I've just told you, I don't know what year 71, it was. 71. 71, so 71. what does that make them? Older than us. I'm 46 30... this year and I'm 77. 52, 52. Oh. Is that right? Great going. Well done, camera. Well done, 52, get you. Mm. Well done. Uh, but that All wasn't right. what I was going to talk about. It's just what another are you date. What well, I, 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 I you first? Um, I, I don't mind. Why don't you go first? Mine's quite... Mine's quite straight back. If yours is slightly amusing, have you got an amusing one or what, well, what are you yeah, doing? You can be the you go first. That, yeah, you go first. Go on. Um, so I've got 15th of March, the day before camera is born. Um, uh, it, it is Worthington White Shield is what we're drinking. Oh. Now, Worthington White Shield is one of the most underrated and most iconic beers ever brewed in, this, in, in Britain. Brewed in this Britain, oh yeah, the, the Britain that we live in. This one, great. yeah, the great one. Uh, and the reason we're drinking Worthington's White Shield, I'll tell you a bit more about the beer later. Um, is because we are celebrating the opening of Percy Shaw's factory in Halifax. Ah, yes. Percy Shaw was an inventor, and his factory made cat's eyes. Mm. Yeah, those little things on the road. Make us keep uh, on the road. They're Percy Shaw, who's an eccentric, <laughs> yeah. 
Wait a minute. I mean, this really is an extraordinary bit of linguistics that make us keep on the road. <laughs> I'm just going to bore you up on that one. Fun of me. I don't, I don't want to. I mean, obviously, I don't want to open myself up to criticism. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sure so, I've got. Look, we're both. We're both sensible comments. We're both quite hungover. So <laughs> we're not hungover. Drink less, drink better. Oh, we are a bit. I've we got are a bit. Awful cold. Yeah, we've got uh, cold. <laughs> we've got cold in our van. And we put too much beak in our beaks, let's be honest. Yes, exactly. Um, um, but, yeah. but Percy Shaw, right, he was an eccentric Yorkshireman, and he um, and he invented cat's eyes, which are those reflective road studs that enable drivers to follow the road in the dark. Mm. That's better, isn't it? That sounds better, yeah. Thanks, mate. <laughs> so it was 1933, so the story goes, when Shaw was, he was driving home to his house in Halifax, through thick fog, just <sighs> picture it, Tom. I can. When veering dangerously towards a roadside verge, the eyes of a cat sitting on a fence acted as twin reflectors Meow. and enabled him to remain safely on the road. <sighs> I've said it again. Meow. On the road. <laughs> Suitably inspired. He said, what happened next was sure set about designing his... Cat's eyes, and after much trial and error, he developed what was become possibly the greatest invention in British history. And it is a basic contraption that cleans itself every time a car drives over it. I didn't know this. Yeah, I mean, much like a cat licks its own ring piece, this yeah, exactly. That's what I should have called it. (laughs) Cat's eyes and ring piece in brackets. But it's got a rubber coating, which um, it, so it's, when it's soaked with rainwater, it would rub against the reflectors and wipe them clean. So every time a car goes over it, pushes it down. Like a tongue. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that's quite good, isn't it? It is very clever. Um, and he was quite, I mean, he was a bit lucky um, where others weren't necessarily, because World War Two, which was bad in so many ways, hmm. I'd say, um, it was good for him because the blackouts meant that uh, he got an order for twenty million cat's eyes, ah. which they um, which they laid on roads nationwide. He also sold them abroad. Uh, he received the OBE for services to exports in nineteen sixty five, and in two thousand as well. In two thousand one, his invention was voted the greatest design of the twentieth century, ahead of Concorde, which we talked about wow. last week. That's weird. Mm. Well, unlike Concord, his he made a lot of his cat size made a lot of money, mm. and he became a multi-millionaire. But he was basically a kind of um, he was a a recluse, reclusive inventor. Uh, in fact, the uh, Wallace and Gromit is said to be based on him. Oh, really? Yeah, the sort of mm. slightly um, eccentric, uh, yeah, reclusive inventor type. Um, I don't know if he had a dog. Anyway, um, he he led what he led a rather Spartan life. He fitted the um, uh, he fitted the mold of basically a, <laughs> a bit of a boffin, really, just a bit of a madcap boffin. He didn't have any curtains or car- carpets in his house. He used to he loved eating tripe in the back of his Rolls Royce. Oh God, really? Tripe is dog. This is where he's just oh, taking. Oh man. man. Just a handbrake turn on this one. That is what he's chatting about. Yeah, man. he was a big fan of tripe. Oh, dirty, um, dirty so, business that is tripe. And Oof. and he threw 
lavish parties. He did love it. He loved. Oh, so he wasn't that inclusive. He was. No, no, no. He did. Um, I think he was sort of well. He he was. Um, he didn't sort of get into embrace the fame and fortune. You know, it's like me. If I was to get really famous, I'd more I, famous. Yeah, more famous. I mean, well, I mean, if he actually, well, is that possible? I mean, Christ, I mean, imagine if you were more famous. Oh, I know, I know. But what I'd like, what I can always, I can always look at myself in the mirror and say, despite my fame, despite yeah. my fortune, yeah, I, I still have the same friends that I had at school, and they are bell ends. <laughs> you still have no friends. Yeah, <laughs> is that what you'd say? Despite my fame and fortune, still, I've still, still got no mates. Again, got mates. <laughs> it's brought me nothing but misery and no mates. Um, yeah, so he threw these lavish parties where he'd serve up his favourite beer, which was Worthington White Shield. And Worthington uh-huh. White Shield is an iconic India pale ale, which is brewed in Burton-upon-Trent, Britain's spiritual home of brewing. And Burton is famous for brewing because of... It's got um, wonderful water, which back when back oh, in the days when you couldn't manipulate it, um, made up made lovely ale. And it's it's sort of it's minerals. It's quite hard, um, and it gives off what a sort a rather distinctive aroma, which is known as the Burton Snatch. Tom, there it is. There we go. <laughs> there's a big there. build, there's a big build up. Yeah, talking we've of, mentioned this before. Of, talking of pussies and. Yeah, looking ring pieces. Burton <laughs> snatch. There he goes. He couldn't help it. He's so a, a Did you imagine a, night, a nightclub in <laughs> a Burton opened and they called it the Burton Snatch, and it closed three weeks after opening. Um, it gives you an idea of uh, Burton's nightlife. Anyway, um, it was. Uh, but it's a really good beer if you're into your IPAs and your pale ales, but especially if you're into your American style IPAs. Get some of this because Worth and White Shield is one of the the original classics. It's one of the beers that changed the world. Um, it's your it's the archetypal English IPA. It's got lovely sort of earthy hops in there, Fuggles and Goldings, and it's and it's just got it's a really well balanced, well made beer, bottle conditioned, and you can you don't see it as much as you used to. And it went through a bit of a renaissance, but it's owned by Molson Coors, who I think even they'd admit haven't done a great deal with it. But you can still get it. We you can get it online at Beers of Europe. And it is the ultimate curry beer. If you're gonna have a curry, don't bother with faux Indian lagers. Um go for this. Worthington White Shield, it is brilliant. It's a really, really good beer. And if, if it was more widely available, I'd drink more of it. Um and he just loved it. He loved apparently he used to drink cases and cases of it. So um I would heartily recommend it. Mm. And it mean, dates back to I think 1839. We just Willington William Worthington. Um uh um, it, it was essentially alongside Allsop and Bass and other sort of iconic IPAs. Um it was beers that went over to India, uh, refreshing parts of the Raj that uh, others couldn't reach. And then um, mm. it was absorbed into the Bass Empire. Um, um, and, but but then, sort of, yeah, like I said, had, had a bit of a revival. Um, and and it's 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 got Challenger, Golden, Fuggles, Hops, 
It's marmalade in there. It's a bit of toffee. It's absolutely brilliant. It's good beer. I do it's, like it, it. Yeah. Um, and you can get, you can get, I can't remember how much it is now. Well, let me just have a quick look. We'll put it on the thing, but it's, it's well worth getting. Yeah. I agree. I yummy, remember when uh, yummy gear. Our friend Rupert Ponsonby, who does the does a lot of PR work, did he not champion it at one point? I think. Well, he was, it was it, he was, might it was a big part it. of Pete Brown's book. Um, okay. Uh, Hots and Glory, I think. I think mm. it was in that one. Yeah. Um, so all the all the all the right beer geeks have oh yeah celebrated it in the in the past, including you, Ben. Was it yeah. not in World's Best Beers as well? Oh, mate, it's in all my books. Yeah. Just cut and pasted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you did you write about its flavours in a way that could have been a music review, maybe? Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. As was it. your want. 1830, that's it. Sorry. 1830. So they what? reckon the brewers... Really? The, the recent oh. brewers have just said that the, the recipe is barely changed at all. I mean, it's right. been lightly tweaked. But um, it's got two. It's it's fermented using two different yeasts, so it's got a lovely kind of sparkle to it. As honestly, mm. it is. No one really talks about it anymore, and it is it is properly decent beer. And and it is quite expensive though. Three if you get it from Beers of Europe, it's five hundred mil, five point six percent ABV. Oh, um, okay. And if you buy more than eight, it's about three pound fifty. So that's pretty you know, good. That's pretty good. That's all right. Yeah. About yeah. Same well, prices of coffee around my way. Um, could have gone into deals of the week. Discerning drinks. Deals, deals of, of the week. week. Deals of the week. Let's say we know that's what keeps people listening to our podcast to the end. So that's oh, yeah, yeah, proud yeah, to dry yeah. on those. But anyway, uh, back to Shaw, nearly 50 yeah. years after his death. Yeah. Uh, which was, he died at age 86. Um, he, um, his company is still operating out, out out of Halifax. They export more than a million road studs worldwide. Wow. And they're the only company that can use the term cat's eyes. Uh. Do you know in in California, do you know what well, they even call cats them? are not allowed to call them that? Um It was um it was created by a man called Dr. Elbert Botts. What do they call them there? Bots dots. That's Bots. what they call them. Bot stops. Mm. Bot stops, uh, which yeah. um, reminds me of one of British comedian Ken Dodd's uh, greatest gags. You ready for it? Yeah. The man who invented cat's eyes got the idea when he saw the oh. eyes of a cat in his headlights. If the cat had been going the other way, he would have invented the pencil sharpener. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe not, because the cat would have been licking it. So it would have been <laughs> obscured from view. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's yeah. what it was. Ken, I'm afraid I'm going to have to pull you up on a technical technicality there. It would have had a, a face and tongue in the way. Because uh, that's what they do, isn't it, folks? Uh, cats, not as good as dogs. Oh, there's a debate. Ooh, a cats debate. or dogs, guys. Oh. Let's in. Well... Um, dangerous opinions ahead <laughs> dogs dogs for uh one of the people who feature in my drink of the week ben uh which brings us seamlessly on to the next drink i think if you're ready to shut I'm up ready. i've done enough okay. Sure. <laughs> okay well john astor john jacob astor the uh third um was a big fan of dogs and and we'll get on to that in a minute but he was also an inventor 
uh, he patented a few things as well. Uh, he patented the vibratory disintegrator. Um, what? I don't know what that was. <laughs> but he also in, in, he patented a pneumatic road improver and a bicycle brake. Um, so that's a seamless link, really. He was an inventor too, like yours, um, and he liked dogs. But the reason I'm talking about it is because he was behind the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. And this week, I want to celebrate the Rob Roy that on 13th of March Ooh. was invented, this cocktail, um, at the Waldorf Astoria in New York in 1894. Uh, I I was reading through things, and it, this, this coincided with you having sent me a text message of some business cards you discovered in um, a clear out from our time when we were writing said American beer book oh, and traveling yes. around. And you found uh, the uh, Willie Lomadieu. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. uh business card from the Best Western. Willie was the sort of uh, the customer man, client services. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, yeah. He was he was our contact for he best Westerns. Willie, uh, he was his his name Willie Umdu translates as mm. Willie Man God. Yeah, which which we thought was funny because we're juvenile, and because it is funny, uh, and he was based in San Clemente, where we stayed in the Best Western because we stayed in a lot of Best West next yeah. to Best Westerns, um, when we travelled across the, the good old US of A. And it got me thinking, wherever, where, where else have we stayed? Can you think of a great hotel you've stayed in, Ben? Um, I have stayed in L'Hôtel uh, dans Paris, uh, which was the world's first boutique hotel where Oscar Wilde died. Oh. That's quite a good one. Have you stayed anywhere good, better than Oh, West yeah. You've, no, no, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, God. Uh, I went on a, when I was younger... We went with a rich family and they took us around some nice hotels in France. I can't remember any of the names, which makes it a bit boring for a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've put you um, on the spot a bit there. Um, but I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, I've stayed at the, what's the really famous one in LA? Uh, not the Strand. Is it the Strand? Oh, um, uh, the uh, Mont, oh. Mont, Mont Chateau Marmont. Chateau no, not that one. No, 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 no. Beverly Hills it, Hotel. No, no. Oh God, what was it called? It's called the Stand, isn't it? The Strand, Strand, Dan. Oh, okay. I can't remember. Oh well, I stayed in the hotel uh, National <laughs> oh, well. to Cuba. <laughs> to Cuba, I stayed in the main hotel in Cuba. That was a good one as well because it's kind of classic, old school. Still got all the. Uh, Sort of vibe of the 1950s. Anyway, I haven't stayed at the, Wal- the Waldorf Astoria. Um, have you? No, 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 no. Well, even if you did stay there, you wouldn't be staying in the same building where they created the Rob Roy cocktail in 1894 because that building was actually uh, knocked down and the hotel was moved to uh, Park Avenue, I think, which is where it is now, because... Um, because it's now the site of the Empire State Building. So in 1930, they knocked it down to build the Empire State Building, uh, which I th- always think is a bit sad, because if you want to go to a place where a drink was invented, and we do because we're drinks writers, um, it's a bit of a shame when you can't go to the actual home of the drink uh, because it's been knocked down. But the hotel was originally 
built out of a competition between um, Astor and his cousin uh, Waldorf. Yeah. And um, they, in 1893, Waldorf, William Waldorf Astor, had opened the the a 13-story hotel on Fifth Avenue and 33rd Street, which was called the Waldorf. Then four years later, John Astor the third, he wanted to show up his cousin. So what do you do if you're having a bit of a row with your cousin? Well, he opened a 17-story hotel named oh. the Astoria next door. And soon they sort of made made friends and they joined the two hotels with a corridor to form the Waldorf Astoria. Um, but John Astor died. Do you know how he died, Ben? Um, was he on the toilet? Um, no. Um, he was on the Titanic. He died on the Titanic. Did he? He was the richest passenger aboard the Titanic. And oh, at the time, yeah, well, I thought... Wasn't a conspiracy thought, theory? Well, there's lots of theories, about, but not really conspiracies. But he got on there because his his wife, the second wife. wife, who he'd married um, when she was 18, and I think he was in his late 40s. Who she was led. Yeah. So okay. she, she was pregnant, and um, they wanted to get back to America, so they got on the Titanic. But he was thought to be one of the richest um, people in the world at the time. Um, and yeah, there's lots of stories about his death because he was quite quite famous. There are loads of myths and legends about those final moments when he helped the children and wives get on the um, on the lifeboats, as the men were directed to do. Um, and to, and then he was apparently pretty relaxed. And the theory theory goes that when it hits the iceberg, he was at the bar, and uh, he he said. I asked for ice, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, oh. yeah. Apparently, he was quite. He was quite. He was quite sort of relaxed about the whole thing and didn't really think it was that much to worry about. To yeah. the point where he said, "Like, we don't need to get on the boats. Don't worry about it." But um, obviously, yeah, he didn't. Get on the boat. I, I, with hindsight, should have got on a boat. Well, not, well yeah. or not got on the big boat, but originally, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the Titanic, I thought it was nice to bring this up because obviously you, your son, Rory, at one stage, was, was obsessed. And you went to the... You went to the... Titanic Museum in Belfast. You did, which it turned out, and I didn't know this, but you do because you've been there, I'm sure. It can hold 3,547 visitors, the museum. Why is that significant? It's because the it's the same the capacity as the boat. Yeah, Isn't that clever that. of them? Isn't it that is. clever of them? Um, it's an we, amazing thing. I mean... Um, I went and saw John Kearns, comedian John Kearns, who's very, very funny, and he does a very funny bit about the Titanic Museum. He loves it so much. He said it's such a good museum mm. that by the time you leave, you're like, fuck it, I'd get on that boat. Even yeah. though I know if it, what happened, I, I'd still get on it because it's it's such a good museum. And the, it's all like interactive, you go on like a kind of little mini sort of roller coaster in the middle where you see it all being built and everything. It's brilliant. Yeah. But, but yeah. uh yeah, and my kid my younger son Rory was so into the Titanic. Uh and he still he still stops people in the middle of the streets and tells them what's what's happened. And so yeah, very much yesterday's news tomorrow. Right. Um and people are still oh, oh that's awful. And he sort yeah. of and then he tells them about some other ships and then they then they walk away. Yeah. Um 
Well, I mean, uh, in terms of Astor's story, apparently he opened the ship's kennel to release all the dogs, including his own dog, Kitty, that was on there. Um, and there's legend that he helped. He actually placed women and children into the boat. And, um, but his body was actually recovered. Only 333 bodies were recovered, but his was one of them. And so there's also some you know stories myths about how the condition of his body and how it was found and one person said that it was almost untouched and it was in perfect physical condition um and others said that it was crushed because um he was killed by a falling funnel which i thought was particularly ironic considering one of the funnels was just aesthetic it wasn't it wasn't actually a functional oh, really? funnel they put four on there because they thought it looked better. I mean, how's your luck if one of those is that is, kills yeah. you? <laughs> it's like you suppose bastards. it would be the least heavy, maybe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there you go. There's nothing funnel about that. No, I can't. No, uh, no. Or no. that. But... <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's Astor, and it was his hotel where the Rob Roy cocktail came from. And the Rob Roy is not named directly after the Scottish folk no. hero, Rob Roy, who is held up as a bit like the Scottish Robin Hood, but was actually a bit more of an asshole than that, I think. Yeah. Some, some other accounts, uh, the, the likes of um, uh, the writer Sir Walter Scott, who was a Scottish historian, apparently the greatest practitioner of the historical novel, um, or the first inventor of the historical novel. He kind of cut him as this romantic figure. He wasn't really. I think he was, he was a bit more of a, a scoundrel than that and um, and did rob from a lot of people um, and kept the money rather than giving it to the poor. But, uh, but he did some good stuff as well. And um, so he kind of got recognised by... The the another author Willem uh, Daniel Defoe not Willem Defoe Daniel Defoe who fictionalised his life in a book called The Highland Rogue and Rob Roy was still alive when that came out so he actually got to live as a legend for the last years of his life because everyone thought Rob Roy is a pretty cool dude yeah um, uh, he was but it was but the um, the cocktail is named after the opera. It is. The, it's named after. Opera. Yeah. So the 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 opera was. Um, what do you don't launch an opera? What do you do? It opened. Debuted. It opened. Yeah. Opened. Debuted. Opened on on um, Broadway yeah. that year. The 18- year that they made the the cocktail. Yeah. Eighteen ninety four. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. It was based loosely on Rob Roy. Uh, it was a romantic opera, romantic comic opera <laughs> in three acts, and God knows. Opera, oh, Ben! Oh, the chucklesome so operas I've enjoyed. Oh, when the fat when the fat lass gets up, oh, oh so it's good, just so it? good, isn't it? And there's the, that guy called the tenor, and, and then he um, comes in, he, he goes and stuff. stuff. And then, quite often, what I'm always surprised by both opera and Shakespeare is when people disguise themselves, and you can clearly see they're just wearing a costume, but it, everyone else is fooled by it. Yeah, it's just so funny, oh, isn't it? Yeah, and what I like doing is is making sure that everyone around me in the audience knows, knows. I find it funny. Yeah, because I've seen it before. I understand Abs- what's going on. Absolutely. If I don't, if I'm not laughing louder than everyone else, then I'm not yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's very important to laugh, even if it's shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> which invariably it is. Okay, so that's opera. Yeah. Done that. It's a bit like wine. <laughs> We're at yeah, exactly. Wine and opera. So uh, there we go. The Rob Roy cocktail. Which do you know what else is... it was invented in the... Um... Uh, when, um... I'm going I'm to get to it. Oh, you're going to get to that. Okay. Are you going to with the Waldorf salad? Salad. Yeah, there's two other things. Uh, there was the red velvet cupcake. Oh, I didn't know that. And the first working television was apparently being tinkered with in the Waldorf Astoria when it was when a well, maid stumbled, stumbled, um, stumbled in. It was the room first service. to have um, electric, electricity throughout. Yeah, and room service and private bathrooms. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they're the bastards responsible for that. <laughs> I love, yeah. I love, a, I love a public toilet where yeah. everyone can see what I'm up to. Corridor. Those are the kind of hotels I stay in. You run with a hand towel to protect, to protect your modesty. Uh, you don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no. No, is uh, the Waldorf salad, are you going to come back to, because I've got... Well, the Waldorf salad, only the, it, was, it wasn't it was actually invented by a chef. It was invented by uh, the maitre d', the dining yes. room manager. In 1896, Oscar Cherky. Um, yeah. um, apparently, Eggs Benedict and Thousand Island Dressing uh, were also uh, created there. There you go. Although there is some... Um, culinary consternation amongst the uh, gastro historians about that but is the, I, yeah. put it, I put it I think I, I think I put it in a book anyway because I thought why not it's another eight nine words yeah. yeah I mean we had a word count I mean granted we doubled that yeah <laughs> but you know it's always useful to <laughs> have other words not necessarily in a decent order um, to but, fill you, a book. but you wouldn't, but you wouldn't have the, any of those dishes with this. I wouldn't really have anything with it. I would sit there and sip this. It's a Scotch. It's essentially a Scotch Manhattan. So Manhattan is a, a whiskey drink made with American whiskey, um, or rye, or a bourbon. But uh, but the Rob Roy, you just replaced that American whiskey with Scotch. So fifty mil Scotch whiskey, twenty mil. Uh, red sweet red vermouth and a dash of Angostura bitters and then it's stirred over rice in a mixing glass and strained into a cocktail glass so served straight up and because that is quite a sort of it's a bit of an aperitif moment in the in the day I might have mm. it with some some twiglets or with some nuts but generally I would sort of sit in a nice armchair and I'd probably listen to some jazz which is also appropriate because another Roy Roy Haynes is 97 this week on March the 13th. So uh, raise a glass to him. He was a pioneer of jazz drumming. Nice. Um, So, yeah, I think I'd just drink it like that, just listening to some Roy Haynes jazz. Uh, How would you you drink it? What would you... you I'd drink it staring into the middle distance with some twiglets. Just... Contemplating where everything's gone wrong, Tom. Yeah, and it has. Yeah, um, but that's okay. We can it's still right. get we can still going. get it back on track. I'm only 46. We can still make it. We can still make it. <laughs> if if we can't make it here, we can't make it anywhere. Um, and that's rounding us off from New York. Yes. Let's do some discerning. Tr- discerning drinks of the, of the week. Discerning drinks. All right, I've got a couple. Um, I've got. I'm going to Sainsbury's this week. Got a thousand. Um, 
Thousand Stories Bourbon Age Zinfandel, 75 centiliters. That's standard. That's a yeah. bottle. bottle. It's got a buffalo on it. Um, or it's a bison. Can't, can't really tell. Um, and it's a really nice red, which is aged in um, used uh, bourbon barrels. Ah. Yeah. Where's it from? From uh, California? Yeah. California. Oh, it'll, be, it'll, be a, it'll be a buffalo then, won't it? Because the bison's native to Europe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's from in Mendocino. Oh. Uh, it's, it's actually Ooh. from Hopland. Is it really? It, yeah, which is where we went and visited the first microbrewery in America. Yeah. So that's that's exciting. Wow, that's um, top and tailing our pod with that. Yeah. yeah our Tales exactly. of America. Oh, so nice. um, that's the only one I'm going for this week. Just go okay. get that. That's got the Bajan. Okay. It is, it is um, it was, it's fifth. No, wait, hang on. Where, where, where is it? Where is it? Uh, bear with me. It was 15 pounds, but now it's 12. Woohoo! Yeah, Boom. what a discerning drinks deal that, that is, is. That is a fifth off. That's 20% off. Wow. Ooh. You're even doing the math through everyone um yeah. i i'm I, I, my deal that struck out to me was might be one i've done before it was sainsbury's cardu gold reserve single malt malt scotch whiskey which is down from 40 pounds to 26 pounds in sainsbury's if that's the second time i apologize but i still can't believe that that single malt whiskey has gone down to 26 pounds in sainsbury's so that is still a stonking discerning drinks deal of the week discerning um, drinks deal of the week um, yeah it's really good gear if you're trying to get into whiskey it's very rich sweet honeyed sort of single malt whiskey so it's great for people who are just starting their journey um, I remember back in the day they used to say this is a really great whiskey for women my haven't we moved on from those oh my God, rather desperate is, gen- gender aligned um, tasting notes it's not good for women, it's good for everybody, regardless of for, gender. It's good for blokes, it's good for bitches, it's good yeah. for all of them. And anyone who doesn't want to be one of yeah. those. Yeah, I mean, you Any, don't have to decide. Yeah, yeah. everybody everyone. and everyone. Everyone and everybody. Yeah, and I'm going for a gin deal of the week. Uh, a gin deal for all you gin fans is Kiro Gin or Cairo, K-Y-R-O. It's Finnish. I don't speak Finnish, so I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's £25 um, in Waitrose, which is £4.95 off. And it's pretty good gear. It's a rye gin. It made 100% rye and wild local botanicals. Oh, my God. Um, and the guys who make this are pretty cool cool dudes. Um, they are foragers, and they foraged for those wild botanicals, 13 of them. Um, and they use this rye spirit, which they use made in a copper pot um, and also use vapor infusion and fresh distillation. And uh, if you go onto their website and have a look at all their marketing, these Finnish guys are running around naked. And um, that seemed highly appropriate, given the fact that I was naked in Anik this week in the north. Um, and they're distilling in the north, a bit further north. And uh, their whole whole concept of their all-ride distillery was conceived in a sauna uh, with no clothes on. Good thinking. So well man. done there. You do a lot of good thinking. Um, ahead of Mother's Day as well, uh, Master of Malt, if you get in there in the next three days, so you've got to what, sort of end of play Sunday, 
you can get the Silent Pool Gym gift pack for a tenner off. <sighs> that's good. That's that's good for mums. Yeah, God, they love a they love a gin, don't they? They love do. The ruin. And, um, but they so also like a whiskey. They because do. They're not gender specific in their choices. <coughs> but, no, um, but more than like gin, and people have got to accept that. <laughs> it's just a fact. They do. <laughs> they like champagne more. They like wine more. Yeah. Um, deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> it's not. It's not just not a gender war. Just don't tell people what they should like either. You know, yeah, can go too far the other way, can't we? Exactly. Um, so there we go. Wicked. Um, right. Talking talking about that, we're not actually doing a pod next week because we're we're away doing a secret project, don't we, Tom? Yeah, we're doing some secret filming for um for, for, uh, yeah, uh, for uh, ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so know. we won't be podding next week. So just listen to this twice because what we find is that like a good book or. Oh, yeah. Or a wine. A, a iconic novel or a wine or an album. You listen to it first, you read it first, and then go back again, read it again, or listen to it again. Yeah. And, then, and there, it's then that you discover the depth of, yeah. uh, the true depth of, of, of what we do. Yeah. So I started um, watching Patriot again on Amazon Prime, talking of things to go back over, um, because I can't find any television that I like as much as that. So there's a little bit of a tip for you guys. Just keep watching good, yeah. Yeah, Patriot. It's very, very, very good. Oh. And um, Ben, if you haven't seen it yet, you really must. You must. I Just will. Go, oh, you I'm must. Really... It's up there with I the must. Rob Roy opera. Uh, this is fine art. Fine. Okay. Well done, everyone. Right. Well done, everyone. Love you, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.